Welcome to Chosen Generation Ministries with Pastor Paul Morgan. We are a non-denominational multicultural ministry based in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. CGM helps to develop nurturing, healthy relationships with ourselves, others, and God. We are a conversational church that engages our congregation in an active dialogue that enhances their personal walk with Jesus Christ in all aspects of life. Let's join Pastor Paul. So, Father, we thank you in advance that burning that they feel in their heart right now is the tug of the Holy Spirit saying, come so that I can stay. And we just thank you in advance that you are listening to what that spirit is saying. So those in the audience just in agreement with the people that will be accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior so he can stay. Because he doesn't go anywhere that he's not welcome and he's not wanted. So just listen on the inside to that burning. And as you pray this prayer, what's going to happen is that burning that was in your heart is going to go all over your body. It is called on pointing. So as you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and that burning starts to go, that warmth goes all over your body. There's limbs that's going to be healed, that's going to grow. There's cancer that's going to be counseled. There's heart disease that's going to be healed. Because... His presence in your heart and heart disease can't operate in the same place. One of them has to give and we know who gives. We know who has to bow. The drug dilemma is solved because he's in that heart now where drugs was. And we thank you, Father, that as that warmth goes throughout the whole body, the minds are going to be affected. Paranoid schizophrenia is going to cease. Bipolar is not going to be by anymore. It's going to be one way, and that's God's way. And we just thank you, Father, in advance that as I stand forward and bold in your strength, your power, and your anointing, you do it. I just say it. So those that want to know Jesus, just repeat after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Your word says in Acts 2.21, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Their past is forgiven. Jesus, I call on your name now. I ask you to come into my heart. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Therefore, according to your word, I am saved now. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come before your throne. Washed in the blood of Jesus, I thank you for giving me the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Make me a quick understanding so I do not judge by what I see with my eyes or hear with my ears, but by what your Holy Spirit reveals to me. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence and ask you to be Lord over this ministry and all that is done here. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to anoint this time of prayer and ministry. We claim the blood of Jesus over this session for our protection. We proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord and this is holy ground. We take authority in the name of Jesus and the power of his blood and word and command all evil spirits to leave this property now. We claim this room sealed in the name and authority of Jesus. And we bind and forbid any evil spirits on the outside having any knowledge or influence in this room. We thank you that the battle is the Lord's. 
But the victory is ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you, worshipers. Shout out to Miss Sharon Whiting, Sam. Ah, boy, I tell you, worship getting intense, boys. Ah. All right, so I'm doing a message. Uh, this is uh, lesson four of what love's got to do with it. Ah, man, just give me a second. Give me a second. So I want to be, I'm talking about intimacy with God. We talked about intimacy with people. That's how I got you to listen. Well, you're paying attention to see, okay, where is he going to take this? So it's somehow you got to do something special to get people to <laughs> pay attention to God. But nevertheless, I'm just glad you're watching. <laughs> and I'm doing a quick review, and uh, this is a new scripture that I saw yesterday in uh, Psalms chapter 27, verse 4, talking about intimacy with God. And this is what David was talking about, about wanting to be in God's presence. He said, one thing I have asked of the Lord... And that will I seek. Remember I did a teaching about your mindset? We, we find what we're looking for. So David said, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to look for God. And he goes on to say, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, in his presence, all the days of my life. Then David was talking about a temple, but touch yourself for a second. Just touch yourself on your chest, your heart. We are the temple. So it says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. In his presence all the days of my life. So he never leaves. So when we are in his presence, that means we're listening to him. That means he's listening to us. We are silent with each other. We're communicating. We're resting. How many of y'all need some rest? Thank you, Nicole. Nicole raised her hand straight up. So when we get in his presence, we can rest. We don't have to try to figure everything out. We can rest. But you can get more done when you rest as you do instead of striving to do without his presence. And it sounds weird, but ask the Holy Spirit how to do it. Because we want to know. We want to be in charge of it. And he goes on to say, to gaze unto upon the beauty, the delightful lovingness and majestic grandeur of the Lord. So David was talking about getting in the presence of God where he could just look at him. He could just study him. He could just sit there. You, you, you know what I learned about intimacy? My wife taught me that. Well, Paul, just be quiet and listen. Just be quiet and listen. You know, you think you got to talk all the time. Just, just be quiet and listen. You know, she said it real cool, though. Y'all know how, how, how my wife could do it, right? Well, honey. <laughs> Don't you just, and she did a little hand like that. And I said, so, so what did that mean? <laughs> she said, just listen. Listen to the birds. Look at the trees. <laughs> she just cut the music off, because you know I'm jamming all the way. Cut the music off. That's what God wants us to do. Just hang around him, not talk about anything, not ask for anything. Just sit still and listen to him. See, his, his silence even has the anointing to heal in it. But see, that, that, that's, that's where we got to get out of the way. 
and to meditate in his temple. So he's in us. So when we meditate, we're meditating in ourselves about him. And you just stand there. See how quiet that is? Almost makes you want to sing again, don't it? So I'm just let you feel what that feels like. Holy Spirit, you're doing something in silence. What do you want people to know? Where do you want people to go? How do you want people to grow in your silence? And I thank you in advance that you're speaking to them right now. There's a decision that they needed to make, but it's done in the silence. There's a rest that they need to take, and that rest is in the silence. So just stay there for a moment. And raise your hand if he's answering something, he's giving you something. I know this is different. I see one. I see two. I see three, four. I see five. I see six. Guys, put it in the chest section, what you got? Anybody want to call out what they just got? Anybody here want to call out what they just got, what he just gave you? I see one in the back. Thanks, Ed. What he just gave you. I see one over here. What do you give you in your silence? I need to know that he's here. He's here? Okay. I don't know, just keep on seeing myself do like this here, uh-huh. like this number. Okay, so he said he's doing like yeah. this. Okay. Making me be the co-pilot and let him stay over there Okay. versus okay. me keep on trying to be over there. Okay, okay. And the, the gentleman said God is telling him to let him be the co-pilot. Let God be the pilot and let him, the person, be the co-pilot. And so he's just in, t- telling him, just step over, let me do this. Who else? Anybody else? We got one here and one here. Um, he wants me to fall back. Fall back. Let's use the word fall back. Okay. Right. And trust that he's got. Okay. Him. Okay. And that I don't need to take control. I don't need to get things fixed. I don't need to try to figure things out. Okay. He's got him mm-hmm. and I have him. Okay. So, you got it? I'm talking about him as my husband. <laughs> <laughs> you receive it? It sounds like he's telling people get out of the way. Is that pretty much the, the theme of the message? Yes, ma'am, brother. His peace. His peace? Yes. You receive it? Yes. Okay. Anything else? So what's hindering our intimacy with God? What we just encountered this morning, we can encounter it every day. But what's stopping it from happening every day? And this is a brief um, overview of, of what I ministered on Thursday. Number one was knowledge. And I said knowledge is everywhere. We talked about it's on the internet, social media, streaming, audible, a podcast, church on every corner, small groups, big groups, every group. <laughs> but but we, we take too much knowledge. We put too much knowledge in it. Because re- remember now, knowledge is the accumulation of facts. Wisdom is how to use the facts. So we can have all our stuff, quote every scripture, know where every verse is. But then when is the right time to use it? So that's where God comes in. 
And, and the, 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 the people were arguing back and forth about uh, eating foods to idols. Should you eat foods to idols and all this kind of stuff? This is what they said. In uh, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3, it says, the question keeps coming up regarding meat that has been offered to an idol. Should you attend meals where such meat is served or not? And then it goes on to say, we sometimes tend to think we know all we need to know. Uh-oh. Y'all, y'all know anybody like that? Uh-oh. Y'all not that, that person is, are you? Okay. All right. Uh-oh. We, we got something going on over here. All we need to know. We sometimes tend to think we know all we need to know to answer these kinds of questions. Because we don't know a person's background. So we think they're over there doing this because that. How we would be doing this because of our background. But we don't know their background. We don't know their heart. And it goes on to say, but sometimes our humble hearts, imagine that, can help us move, move, help us more than our proud minds. You, you know we get, because we got knowledge. I didn't say you had to get a degree. I said because we got knowledge. If I know about working the car and you don't know, then I get impatient with you. Y- y'all ever seen somebody like that? Because they know how to do something, ride a bike. Then they, they might get impatient with you because you don't know how to ride as fast as they do. I ain't talking about nobody in this church. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my boy right there, Lord. That's my boy right there. That's my boy. Yeah, he always waited for us on, on top of the hill. <laughs> but it goes on to say, but sometimes our humble hearts can help us more than our proud minds. Because we got there, then we expect everybody else to get there. But see, what we didn't tell them was that it took us eight years to walk in Jesus the way we walk in. But they got born again yesterday, Megan. And so we're watching them. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. But it goes on to say, we never really knew everything until we recognized that God alone knows it all. Who knows it all? God alone. Say alone, meaning that that's not us. That's him. So he knows how to talk to the person. He knows how to present things to the person. He knows when, where, how, and what setting. So knowledge is one of the things. So the one I want to talk about today is complacency. Uh-oh. This is meddling, Nicole. I'm meddling today, Sean. Complacency. Now, now, now this go real, real fast. Now, we're talking about intimacy with God, but what about intimacy in your marriage? Did you get complacent? You want to replace her or you want to replace him? Wait, how long you say you're going to be married? Okay. <laughs> Girls say to death. Okay, all right. Just make sure you don't kill them. But that, that, that's all I want to say. That, that, that's all I want to say. I'm, let me come back, sir. Let me come back. Let me come back. Let me come back. Let me come back. All right, let's talk about complacency because we're talking about intimacy with God. <laughs> Chris over there hiding his face. Chris hiding his face. So... Complacency creates a been there, done that. Y'all ever heard that? When you mention a restaurant, somebody say, well, I've been to that a thousand times. <laughs> but we're talking about intimacy with God. So we came to church, but we've been coming for, I think Ed asked today, it's like, Pastor, how long have that church been? For 14 years. But some people say, I've been there and done that. Pastor does it exactly the same way. The only thing is, is, you don't have to answer to the Holy Spirit for what he called me to do. I do. Yeah, it can be quiet on that one. Okay? 
See, I got to give account of what I teach you on, when I teach you on, when I stop teaching it. Because, see, I want to stay in the presence of the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? But we've been there, done that. Oh, y'all, y'all heard this one? I read that verse a million times. When, when you tell somebody, I want you to turn to John chapter 10, verse 4. And, and they, they open up the Bible. Well, it was the Bible, but now I guess you highlight your iPad or your, your Android. But, but, but I read that verse a thousand times, a million times. But because God's word is forever changing, when you read it yesterday, it's different when you read it today. Oh, I've seen that miracle, and his miracles and splendor are too familiar to us. Well, over there at CGM, they're always talking about the mind. They're talking about the mind. I heard that a thousand times, but how is your mind? It must not be tight because you're judging us because we're talking about the mind. So every church has a different thing that God has called them to do. He called me to relationships. He's called me to healing. But his miracles and splendor are too familiar to us. We've seen that before. We've seen it on TV. We've seen it at different churches. But see, because I have intimacy with God, uh, Tim, my brother, and Madeline, and uh, we went to Covenant for, because our home place where we grew up in was going to be burnt down. I mean, it was going to be demolished because it was an explosion where it was supposed to kill my nephew, and it didn't. He wasn't there. He had just left. And so, you, you, you know, it's like we get together and we're traveling up there and we're going to meet our older brother. And, and so we get up there and, you know, the guy, it, it's been proven from a psychological fact that the people who demolish things live longer than other people because they get to take out their frustration. They turn stuff up. And the guy, you know, he was excited. He shook our hand and everything and started talking to us. And, and uh, then we just stepped back and started to see him, you know, use his, his tractor and he started pulling this and knocking that down and Stuff like that. So we, we thought we were going to be there for like, what did you say, Tim, about five hours? And my boy was finished in the iron hat. So, you know, we said, I guess we can go. So I'm up, uh, up talking to my neighbor that, that, you know, we lived there all our life pretty much. And, and the neighbor tells me about a friend of mine that I graduated with named Tony. He said, yeah, he lives right, right at the house right there. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. And um, the last time I was there for a funeral, Tony was telling me about some uh, health issues he was having. And so I said, well, and then she started talking to me about his son. His son here, that's your knee. My hand is the knee. So one of his legs was four inches shorter than the other. That's a lot, four inches. And then it was going on, she was going on to tell me about how they had operated on his ear, and because he couldn't hear out of his ear, they made a decision to turn it this way so that hopefully it could pick up more sound by pulling it out like this. So I'm thinking that I'm going home for the demolition. Because, see, I'm still fascinated by the miracles and the splendor of God. I'm not familiar with them because they're constantly changing. And so just as me and this neighbor is talking, Tony drives up. So she looks at me, and I know where I'm going. I'm going to Tony's house. So I said, excuse me, I'm going to go on and check on this son that you were talking about. So I walk down there, and he gets out of his car, and he's surprised to see me, and we hug each other, and, and I ask him how he's doing, and he's telling me. And so I say, the neighbor was telling me about your son having his leg four inches shorter than the other, and he goes on to say he loves basketball. 
but he can't play basketball because when he jumps to get the ball, because his legs are so off, he falls down. So I said, do you mind if I pray for your son? He said, no, no, Paul, come on in, come on in. So I go into his house. Uh, his son, he, he introduced me to his son. His son comes up and, and was having some health issues. So I, I sit there and I say, do you mind if I, I minister to you? This is what I do. I specialize in trauma. Trauma is where you're stuck and can't move. And so I said, um, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and, and, and we're going to talk. And I'm going to introduce you to Jesus' presence because that's who heals. So he, he trusts me, and you can tell he's, you know, it's like, and I tell him, I say, I know you might be suspicious of me, nervous of me, because you close your eyes and you never met me. And, you know, that's very, being extremely vulnerable, isn't it? And so he closes his eyes, and I start to go in. And, uh, guys, you always got to know that when God places you somewhere, he's training and teaching you for the next thing, the next calling, or the next place he's going to call you to. And so I was at Richmond Christian Center, and I saw how my pastor would always, Pastor Steve Parson, would, would lay hands on people's ears and just call it out. Call death spirit, come out! But see, because I'm not familiar with miracles and splendor, but I'm in awe by what God will do. I tell the guy, his eyes are closed, I'm going to lay my hands on your head, on your ears, and I'm going to command you to hear. And I laid my hands on his ears. And I say, you deaf spirit, come out. Same way I saw my pastor do it. My pastor would always click his hands or shout in the ear. And I clicked the right side where the ear was, was fired. And I clicked that left side and he jacked over. And I said, can you hear me? I did it again and he heard it stronger than his other ear. And I said, okay. Because see, I'm still fascinated by his miracles and splendor. See, you're sitting in your seat right now. And you can have a miracle in your relationship if you're not, not familiar with his miracles and his splendor. He can do stuff and you can walk out with a new husband. You can walk out with a new wife. I mean the same physical shape, but a mental difference. Because I, I, I ain't having y'all switch it up in here now. <laughs> I ain't having that. That's how I get secured in a minute. So, so, so then I got his attention, but his eyes still closed. And I tell him to put his feet up on, on my legs, on my knees. He lifts his feet up on my knees. And, and, and guys, do you think there's any doubt in this? You, you, you think doubt came? <laughs> and I said out loud, that's a lie. Because I've been teaching on you got to speak to whatever tries to interrupt. I said it out loud, his, his dad looking at me like, well, well, what's a lie? <laughs> he ain't got to know this between me, him, and God. And I hold his feet and I say, I command you to grow. And you look and it doesn't seem like not one single thing happened. But one thing God doesn't do is he doesn't repeat itself. Because see, Moses tried that when he hit the rock. God told him to hit the rock once. And what did he do? He hit it a couple times. And that's misrepresented God. So I did it like that. It looked exactly the same to me. But the only difference was when he went to stand. The knee wasn't like that. It was like that. It was even. Because he had shorts on so I could see where his knees were. You see, I'm not 
too familiar with his miracles and his splendor that I'm not fascinated by it. I know what he'll do, but I don't know how he's going to do it. See, that's what I'm talking about, rest. Rest was me walking down to the man's house and believing that when I walk, God walks with me. When I talk, God talks with me. When I pray, God prays with me. I'm talking about intimacy with God. See, I didn't pray. Tim was with me. Madeline was with me. I didn't speak in tongues all the way home because I didn't know this was going to take place. But I rested all the way home. Matter of fact, they can tell you, I'm not a morning person, 4 o'clock in the morning. So I got up at 4, and then we left at 5. We got here at 5.30, met at the church. And, you know, I talked for a little while, and then I said, y'all don't mind. I think I told myself, not a morning person. And so I, I, was, I slept for about two and a half hours because Madeline was going so fast, we got there in two hours and supposed to take three. All right, Madeline? I'm talking about this. You know, when I looked at Wizard Covenant. <laughs> so I didn't pray any different. I prayed for the trip, prayed for how effective this, this demolition was going to be, that we have a safe trip going, safe trip returning. But I didn't pray anything extra. Because when you have intimacy with God, you don't have to do anything different because y'all are one. You understand what I'm saying? You rest in a different place because you know and you're listening to him. So the young man was dealing with depression. The young man was dealing with something else. But see, when that happened, God said, I'll take care of the rest. You were just the contact. See, when you rest, you can hear. Y'all know that, right? Because how many of y'all know children get irritable when they, they, they hadn't had their nap? Adults get, see, I was sneaking in on that. I was sneaking in on that. But see, you can hear, you can hear people saying, why are you standing right here? Because he told me to. Some of y'all got to find out about his miraculous, his miracles and his splendor. Because you turn your back on it. He can't help that child. He can't fix that situation. I don't care how much debt you in. He's the miracle. He's the splendor. So you just get in his presence and shut up. Yeah, I'm no kids in here because I, I had one child that whenever I said shut up in church, they say, you're not supposed to say shut up. <laughs> Y'all remember who that child was? So, Father, we thank you that this was the message. We just stayed right here because we are excited about the fact that whatever you do is miraculous to us. When we go to sleep at night and close our eyes, it's a miracle that our eyes will close and our body will rest, but we'll continue to breathe. Our hearts will continue to beat. And it's, it's a difference between parasympathetic and sympathetic. It does its own thing. And we don't have to, but there's somebody that has to have somebody breathing for them. There's somebody that has to have somebody open their eyes. The very fact that we can take a step here, take a step here, the very fact that I can talk, that's a miracle. That y'all can understand what I'm saying, that's a second miracle. But I'm just talking about, guys, Father, I thank you in advance. This is what I'm supposed to say, and I'm going to say what you tell me to say. Then I bind that spirit of complacency. It says, we got it all. We don't need anything else. But because we, you are ever-changing to meet the miracle that needs to be manifested, what we find out about you is that you've always been there. You never went anywhere. You were always thinking about us. We was at the forefront of your mind. So even when we put you back, you still stay. You're exactly where you are. 
And when you need us, when we need you, you always show up because you never moved. And we just thank you, Father, in advance that we come to a place where what we're doing different is we we are acknowledging that we move, you didn't. That we need your presence to be manifested in our lives in such a way that every day is a miracle. Every breath that we take, every word that we speak, every time that we move, it's all miracles. And we just thank you that we won't get tired of that. But we'll share that with other people. We'll allow them to know that today I put my own clothes on. Today I went to the bathroom by myself. Today I fed myself. Today I got to choose which drink I was going to drink. That's all because of the miracle and the splendor that you work with in our lives. And I just thank you. I just thank you. I just thank you that we have the opportunity to serve you. We live in a state. And I'm not talking about where we live, like that Virginia. I'm talking about the state of the Lord Jesus Christ. That the Godhead who surrounds us and keeps us is already planned what's for us tomorrow, what's for us 20 years from now. That's a splendor in itself. No computer can forecast our day-to-day actions. It tries. But you are the only one to see to it that it comes to pass. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that this is the only focus that people can hear. I want you to think for a moment at your worst time when you thought the situation was dead. There's no hope. It's not going to get any better. And we serve a God that came out of death to rescue us. I want you to just get an image of that. Because they buried him in a tomb with rocks so big that they had to be rolled out of the way. But he loved us enough where angels moved the stone. Because men had to have multiple ones to move it. But I just want to encourage you that you're in a situation where you think is dead. But we serve a God that came out of the grave to rescue you. So when we worship, we worship because of who saved us. Because we just didn't die that one time where we thought the situation was hopeless. Well, if we lived long enough, we had a lot of those times. But he came and got us again. And he never complained about it. If he delivered us in the morning, I'm talking about 2 a.m., it still was perfect time for him. If he delivered us in the midst of people, he had to come out and pluck us out. (laughs) Y'all know what being plucked out means, don't you? He risked it all. So when you worship guys, enter into it. Because if we knew what he did for you, the way he did it for us, nothing to do thank you for joining us please visit our website chosenrva.com and check in with us on facebook instagram and youtube at chosenrva we hope you'll join us again soon